Today's Tuesday, October 26th. The title for our devotional is Paul and His Call. <laughs> That's terrible rhyming for a title, but whatever. Let's go with it. The Apostle Paul is a great example of someone living in his calling. Paul regularly opens his letters with a reference to his calling to be an apostle, which means one who is sent, kind of like we would describe or think of a missionary today. But his calling was to the office of apostle as well, which was unique to those in the first century who have seen Jesus. So both senses are in play here. Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. Peter and James were apostles to the Jews. This calling by the will of God is what drove Paul. What it drove him to, however, is not what we would necessarily think of as ministry effectiveness. Certainly, it drove him to get out of bed in the morning while facing persecution, insults, and various troubles in his life, as he says in 2 Corinthians 11 and 12. But he was striving for something deeper in his call. Our text that we have been living in during this campaign is Philippians 3. We stopped at verse 11 last time we discussed this text, but if we were to continue reading, Paul ventures into this idea. Let's read all of chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. Paul says, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for the righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. There in that last line, we're getting to Paul's goal and his call. Verse 12, not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In the context here, Paul is striving to, quote, gain Christ, to be found in him, to know Christ, and to attain to the resurrection from the dead. These are likely the, quote, all this that he is referring to in verse 12, when he says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. This is ultimately what he's striving towards with his call and his missionary work. This is what drove him to travel all those miles, endure imprisonment, endure being stoned and shipwrecked endure the constant threats on his life and the disappointment of the church's failings. But faithfully pursuing the call of God in his life, or by faithfully pursuing the call of God in his life, 
he would come to know Christ more and ultimately participate with Christ in the resurrection of the dead. This is a baseline framework that seems completely foreign to us and is truly quite confusing. Paul writes, quote, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So Christ took hold of it, that is, saved and called him to his apostolic ministry so that he can know Christ and participate in his resurrected life. So our calling is first to an identity, that is a status with God, a righteousness that comes from God, being made right with him. And second, to a mission a or a standard by which to live and to uh, pursue. So many of us prematurely try to move to that second calling, which is a mission, without firmly establishing the first calling, which is an identity. More on this tomorrow. So, as we've essentially been saying all throughout this campaign, Christ is the goal. He is the goal of our calling as well. To know him more and to experience his life that he gives. In verse 14, Paul goes on. He writes, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This prize will ultimately be achieved in eternity with God. So Paul here has an eternal perspective to his mission and calling as well, which is vitally important for us to keep in mind. On the importance of keeping an eternal perspective, Alain de Batan, I probably totally butchered his name, British philosopher, he writes, uh, but when a belief in an afterlife is dismissed as a childish and scientifically impossible opiate, the pressure to succeed and find fulfillment will inevitably be intensified by the awareness that one has only a single and frighteningly fleeting opportunity to do so. In such a context, earthly achievements can no longer be seen as an overture to what one may realize in another world. Rather, they are the sum total of all that one will ever amount to. So without an internal perspective, and I would add without an eye to God's power and sovereignty, how, how can we rest if he's right and that is the sum total of all that we will ever amount to? I'll rest when I'm dead is a mantra that we often hear. And if there is no eternity and no life after this, then yeah, how could we rest? This idea completely overlooks the rest that Christ promises us in Matthew 11:28, and blatantly disregards the abundant life that he came to give us now. Furthermore, he also writes in verse 16, Paul, that is, only let us live up to what he has already attained. In a sense, Christ has already given us his resurrected life, and we already know him through salvation and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, all that we strive to achieve for God in our calling is simply living up to what he has already achieved for us. When we do, our goal doesn't change. Perhaps we have clarity as to who we are and what we are to do, but the goal is still Christ, and Christ has already reconciled us to God and given us his life although it is at this point incomplete, awaiting for its fullness upon the fullness of Christ's kingdom. It is also important to note that Paul was also motivated not out of fear of punishment, but out of love for Christ and gratefulness for what Christ achieved for him. This isn't a, my boss is going to be mad at me if I don't get this done sort of thing. And boss here would be the father being mad at us if we don't fulfill what he gave us to do. Instead, we can act out of love for him. One final note, no one can claim that Paul didn't achieve measurable results. Of course he did, but that was never his aim. His aim was always Christ, knowing him and participating in his life. And out of that came his call 
both his identity and his mission, of which he was faithful. That aim never changed, regardless of his success or failure. Like I said, it's confusing, (laughs) yet it's absolutely liberating at the same time. The success of Christ's kingdom doesn't depend on our achievements or lack of achievements. In striving to know him more, participating in his life and suffering, and therefore attaining to the resurrection of the dead, we will find our call, both our identity and our mission. This devotional is already quite long, but I think uh, what Paul says here is just so valuable that we had to walk through it all. So consider how the goal of knowing Christ more, and as Paul says here, attaining to the resurrection of the dead, changes how you view your calling. If it's not just about achievement and accomplishing results, and how does that change how you view what you're called to do for God? Commit to keeping that as the central aim of your mission for God.